Well, there you have it, folks. It is time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. You know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune. And um, some other folks might know that they're in for a treat because they've been hanging out on the YouTube channel. This is our first, well, we're going to do this every week. We're every week from now on, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, 4.30 Pacific. You can find yourself over at the YouTube uh, channel for the Rec Poker community. Go check it out. We're going to be doing our chats editions of the podcast uh, live every week. So not only members, but uh, community members and guests and visitors and friends can come and uh, in real time talk with uh, guests that we have on the show every week. So uh, like I said, I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game. I got to thank our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and of course, website AMP. Uh, for everything that they do to help us uh, make this show possible and everything else that we do behind the scenes. And if you don't know what all that stuff's about, uh, Rec Poker is a community of serious, fun-loving, amateur recreational poker lovers. Um, We play, we learn, we have fun, uh, we get better together, we study together, we leverage our ability to study as a group, we get discounts on things with other uh, poker clubs and training sites. Um, It's a great place to come for free, and uh, get better at poker, play poker with friends, and uh, and share your love. So, like I said, uh, actually, one a couple people I have to thank right off the bat: some premium members, and we really get a lot of uh, help from our premium members here uh, each and every month. All it costs is fifteen dollars, and if you use the code Rec Poker, you get your first month for only five bucks. Uh, folks like Dan Hu Dung, who I have not actually had a chance to meet yet. They just uh, joined over the weekend. But Dang, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you a little better. Thanks for joining. And um, Michael Pinciero, uh, the only, the one and only Les Paul 99. You know him in the home games. Uh, Michael's a super fun guy. He's uh, a member here. He's got, he plays with a few of his home game friends like Lefty. And uh, I think there's another guy, um, another Mike that's in the group there. I always see banging it up in the home games. Um, so, Michael, you're such a fun guy. I love your positive attitude and the enthusiasm you bring to the game. Thanks for making me smile every time we talk, Michael. I appreciate that. Um, so, I am your host, but I am just one of many recreational poker fans that get together every week to talk about poker. Um, you can find out about me and the rest of the Wrecking Crew by going to rec.poker slash crew, or you can just listen to them up right here because they're about to tell you. I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5B5 on Twitter or 5x5 on Poker Stars home game. And I'm John Somsky. I am Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 just about everywhere. <laughs> just about everywhere. It's hard to argue with that. Um, so every week we get together. Um, we hang out, we talk about what's going on in the world of poker and in the world of rec poker. Uh, many weeks we interview a guest, uh, someone who's uh, an exciting part of the poker world. Um, tonight, we're just going to start a little bit talking about our new uh, uh, approach here of YouTube broadcasting live and uh, some changes that are coming up to the website. And then we'll uh, get into some more exciting stuff a, a little later on in the show. Chris, why don't you just tell folks a little bit about um, the new for <laughs> podcast uh, format here and what you're working on with the website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jim. Yeah. We were, we were, we were thinking we'd have a guest tonight, but it might just be us flying solo. So we're going to talk a little bit of uh rec poker stuff and, and uh, a few other and get into the home games. But 
So um, we're real. I mean, we're, we're going to try out this this live um, episodes on YouTube. I th- it's, it seems like a really nice way to give people a chance to interact with the guests. We'll be monitoring the chat. If you have questions for them or us uh, as they come up, um, let us know. Uh, it seemed like a really good way to get people involved, uh, spread the word, and then these will be sort of out there and available. But then we're still going to uh, release these um, audio to our regular podcast stream. So if you're more of an audio listener and you somehow stumbled your way here, and you're like, well, actually, I don't want to do that. Don't worry. It's going to be available uh, where you get your podcasts uh, just like you regularly have been. Um, and then the other thing I think that we're really working hard on, um, I think if you saw a little bit before the show, there were some of these slides kind of showing all the things going on at Rec Poker. And I'm always kind of amazed how much we do and how much is going on. And I've heard from people that sometimes they're not quite aware of all that and they they don't know where to begin or where to sink their teeth into. So the, the thing that we're really trying to take is all that stuff that we're doing, which I think is all phenomenal, and really try to make it uh, more uh, sort of palatable, more approachable on our website. Our website's uh, getting a pretty major overhaul in terms of how you find things, how it's organized, uh, and you should start seeing some of those changes. I hope in May, maybe by June. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ramp our way up slowly into yeah. having everything perfect uh, over the summer at some point. But uh, Chris has been doing great work behind the scenes, and uh, we are. I'm excited to be making things a little easier for our members to find things and uh, to get that valuable stuff right at the right at the top of the list. Um, and yeah, as Chris points out, so we are going to be releasing the audio podcast normally, which which we take about a week uh, after we record it. So every week you can come and watch the show on YouTube and get the get the scoop uh, live. Maybe the guest is going to announce something exciting that week. Maybe we'll do a prize or a draw or something for the show for the live people that are uh, here viewing it on YouTube. And otherwise... You can count on it coming out in its audio format the following Tuesday, just like it always has. Uh, so you can listen to it in your car or at work or um, like our friend Denise while she's hiking. Hi, Denise. I hope you're listening. Um, and everyone else. Uh, and if and if there are other ways you'd like to take in the podcast, just email me, jim at rec.poker, and let me know um, ways that we can kind of make this easier for you and make this more fun for you um, and stuff like that. John, yeah, do you want to chip in? Well, I was just going to say, if anyone would prefer, like, I turn off my video for the YouTube session, I'd be willing to do that. But if that would make it a more enjoyable experience for you, let me know. Let us know. If you could just, like, strike the pose and That's hold. old school. That's old yeah, school. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> some nostalgia for some of there you go yeah for some of our earlier uh fans that get take take them way back in the way back machine <laughs> uh so i'm excited about that i love the idea that we get this live uh live connection too rob do you have any plans or any any ideas there uh, about the youtube live i just whenever someone I wear my I, tom and jerry shirt I yes everybody to see that. Nice. yes okay. there it is so <laughs> He I came to play. To dress up for the occasion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's only eighty-nine degrees and sunny here in oh, uh, Arizona. Yeah, right Actually, bastard. Yeah. See, it was. It was like it got to sixty-one today or something here. So, like, that's my kind of weather. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can even complain too much. 
it's still pretty cold up here. I'm looking forward to spring being around the corner. They've still got the huge piles of snow in the parking lot, you mm-hmm. know, and like where they've plowed it all into the one section. No, we still got it. We still got a couple mountains around here today. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Chris, I just want to take this little segue that Chris put up there because um, we do a lot. We do a lot of stuff here every week and it's not always the same thing every week, but I just wanted to run through, like if it's Monday at rec poker, then we're going to be recording the chats edition of the podcast. There's going to be a home game later that night. We're either going to be recording a forums edition of the podcast or uh, having the seminar uh, recording session. Those all happen on Mondays on Tuesdays. There's a home game. There's uh, either Kim is going to be doing her pet vet hand history strategy review session or uh, her poker empowerment session. We're going to have the online play and hang, uh, which is also on Tuesdays. Those are that's Tuesday. Those are just on Tuesdays. On Wednesday, of course, there's the nightly home game. We've also got uh, the book study that Rob runs twice a month. We've got the focus where I introduce um, a new software tool with a developer who's going to tell us how to use their tool to study poker best. Um, uh, Taylor Moss often streams his play in the nightly home game uh, and the mixed game on Wednesdays. Uh, Tim Fritz does an hour of streaming DTO prep where he studies for his uh, his home game play. And uh, that's a great way to get to know uh, Tim and how to use DTO to get the most out of uh, play. On Wednesday nights, I'm not even done on Wednesday nights yet. We also have our community Q&A um, with uh, our, our home game uh, Q&A, where every month Jake from Unshuffled comes and demonstrates how to play the next month's mixed game. Um, and so that's free for all community members. That's not, not just for premium members to play. We also have our online review and hang on Wednesdays where we review the play from the previous month's final table. And if you're a, if you're a member, if you're a community member, you're not a premium member, but you made it to the final table of the tournament of champions, then you're invited to come and join this premium session and review the play from the final table of the tournament champions. We go hand by hand, street by street, and we review each other's play and we try and get better. We talk a lot about sizing and ranges and player tendencies and that kind of thing. Um, And I think we're also going to just, I'm going to break this on the air. I think we're also just going to give everyone who makes the final table of the tournament of champions, you're going to get a free month of premium membership at rec.poker. So if 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 I'm going to notify all the members that get their way into the aura, the online uh, review and hang anyway, and if you're not already a premium member, uh, then we're just going to comp you that month so you can come and join and uh, be rewarded for making it to the final table of the tournament of champions. Holy cow! A lot goes into that, so that's not for nothing. Anyway, so those are Wednesdays. Um, Thursdays. Uh, not only do we have uh, Keith Brandt's Monkey System um, off-table tools study group, which happens once a month, Taylor Moss streams every single night, uh, every single Thursday. He streams on twitch.tv slash rec poker, the, um, his play in the home game. And, and we love it when people go. It's another way to join for free. Go over to twitch.tv slash rec poker and uh, subscribe there and follow uh, Taylor's fun. He talks about his decision-making as he plays. It's a great way to get inside the head of a very savvy, um, thoughtful, serious, recreational poker player. Taylor's the man. Um, And of course, on Thursdays, we also have uh, Eric Jin's play, explain, and learn format, uh, where he, he, we're doing it in a kind of a different way right now. 
um, as we work out some of the details with poker now and their streaming service. But essentially, it's a way to play in a deep stacked cash game simulated, obviously, just, just for play money. Um, and people take turns talking about their decision making. And then Eric puts this video together afterwards. And it's a great opportunity for people to get some feedback on their game. That's every Thursday. Um, Fridays, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I'm taking so long. It just takes a long time to list all the things we do here at Rec Poker. Uh, Fridays, Friday is a slow day. There's just just the home game. There's just one activity on Fridays. Like, why do why even get out of bed if you can only do one thing at Rec Poker on Friday? But you can. You can come play in the whole in the in the Play Money home game for free. Not like Saturdays, because Saturdays we got a lot going on. There are there's the morning home game for some of our international players that starts at eight central. There's the afternoon home game, which starts at uh, 2. Again, this is just so that players in different time zones find it easier to join from, from time to time. We've got the nightly mi- uh, home game at, at 8 Central and the practice mixed game. Because every month we do a new mixed game uh, for a player of the year race. And it might be a little challenging for people if that's their first time playing it. So for the whole previous month, every Saturday night, we do a practice round. And that's a great way to get involved with that. And of course, we also have the unshuffled uh, mixed game Q&A on that Wednesday night beforehand with Jake. So if you like mixed games, we're going to be doing a lot more of that in 2022. But don't let me forget the Saturday study groups, because almost every Saturday, there's a chance at uh, 1 Eastern, noon Central to get together with me or Gareth James or someone from Learn Pro Poker. Um, We do a different study group every week. Where with different material, I like to work with Poker Tracker Four, so I take uh, databases or hand reviews from members at Rec Poker, and we use Poker Tracker Four to look in and see what kind of leaks we leaks we can find in those players. Um, MTT Poker Academy with Gareth James is on the third Saturday of every month, and we just talk about whatever the monthly theme is that Chris has put together here, and we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, Gareth's overseas, so we meet. Uh, on Saturday afternoons instead of in our usual evening slot. And it's, and he is the man, like he knows a lot. He, and he has experience as a honest to God educator. Um, so he, his sessions are fantastic and we share a lot of his videos and stuff here at rec poker as well. And then of course there's the learn pro poker study group on the fourth Saturday of every month, which is all based around an hour long premium training video that Ryan, the plant makes available for rec poker members. Um, because all these great training sites, Learn Pro Poker, MTT Poker Academy, Solve for Why, PokerCoaching.com, Red Chip, I, I'm missing a bunch. The, all, the, all the great training sites in the world know how important it is for recreational players to learn more about poker and to feel confident at the table and to win more. So they let us use all these privileged premium training material from their sites that you as a rec poker member can come and join. Uh, and for your 15 bucks a month with us, you get access to these little uh, snippets of some of this amazing learning material. So that's Saturdays. And then on Sundays, um, of course, a lot of people like to play big tournament schedules. That's why uh, Tim Fritz has his Sunday morning DTO warm-up, uh, where he streams for an hour. Again, going through DTO, which is a training resource that uh, he's a huge fan of, and I see more and more today uh, people using. It's a great way to sort of prepare yourself for the grind ahead. Um, and then on Sunday night, we have the Learn Pro Poker home game, which is just like our other uh, nightly home games, except the winner every Sunday gets a free month at Learn Pro Poker. I mean, 
it's a free tournament. You you sign up for free. You play with play money, and then you can win a free month at Learn Pro Poker, which is worth forty five dollars, I think. And is trust me, they have so many good resources over there. You can spend a month just watching videos back to back. I'm not sure you get all the way through it, but um, so that's that's what we do here Monday through Sunday. It's it's a lot. It, no this wonder people, people are having trouble finding it. Struggle, they can't keep up with this or can't keep track of it. <laughs> well, so, and, and that's what we're really trying to like address here. Where I think we're going to make this uh, more findable and stuff. So, so if if you join Rec Poker, do you have to attend all of those? Things? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, we, throw, we throw you out if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't make them all, we toss you out. <laughs> I, you should have thrown me out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, we joke. That's a great point, John, because we joke that no one could actually partake in every rec poker event. Even when Steve was was running everything himself, he he couldn't do everything. I can't participate in every rec poker event. Nobody does. Um but there's something out there for everyone. And the reason why we do it on different nights and at different times of day is because people in different time zones or with different work schedules, um, you know, most of our most recreational poker players are only going to have two, three, four hours a week to study poker, to hang out with poker buddies, to talk about poker, to play poker. So we try to make it something different available every day uh, so that people can sort of dive in when it's convenient for them. But the other side of that is that, you know, we've been creating all these videos, you know, I I don't want to guess how many videos per week we've been doing this since 2019. And now that whole archive is available for premium members as well. So if you join for your first month for five bucks, you can basically go back and watch three years of training material and online reviewing hangs and uh, online plan hangs and our study groups. And, you know, we, we've put so much out there now that you can really drill down and find, oh, I just want to look at blind versus blind play. Oh, I just want to look at three bet pots out of position. Um, oh, I just want to watch videos from Learn Pro Poker. Um, there's there's so many ways you can cut up our material uh, to go back. And, and it's just, it, it, it's a great resource. If you're, if you're watching this and you're interested, uh, I really do encourage you drop the five bucks, uh, use the code rec poker to sign up and just give us a try for a month. And if it's not for the strategy material, I think it's just for the chance, you know, six days a week, you have an opportunity to just click on your computer, open up a zoom window and find yourself face to face with a bunch of other friendly recreational poker fans. And, uh, I I assume there's no way to interact with the rec poker community without paying that $5. Do you have to be a (laughs) member to do anything? You know, John, you are, you just know all the right questions to ask. <laughs> Why? No, you don't. There are so many fantastic ways that you can interact with Rec Poker without even spending that $5. Um, so let's just think about it. There's the YouTube channel where we do a lot of free videos on YouTube. Um, I think right now there's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't do anything live. So I don't want to guess how many videos there are out there, but there's a lot of videos. Um, those are all free. Um, the Discord channel is fantastic. Uh, we have a lot of active members on discord that's great for real-time railing and uh, like instant messaging and chatting in real time that's super for that Um, obviously we put a lot of stuff out in our own forums if you're a a community member at rec.poker all it takes is an email address and a smile i do encourage you to go sign up because you get to join the social groups the study groups 
being a member of the community means that you're playing in the home games for free. Uh, the chat box in the home games is a lot of fun too. Uh, there's a lot of fun, fun players and they're encouraging each other and having a good time. Um, but the forums are phenomenal. We, we've gotten them sophisticated enough with the forums that you can upload videos and uh, outputs from a poker tracker and you can link to different uh, ways to demonstrate your hands and to replay your hands and stuff. So we get a lot of pretty deep conversations in the strategy forums. And that's why we take that out on the podcast every week. Um, uh, within the podcast is, of course, another great way to get involved for free. Um, we also do our road trips. So if we're coming to a casino near you, uh, it's a great chance to just come and hang out and have a good time. Uh, and of course, on social media, we do a lot of stuff on Chad McVean is the guy to talk to really when it comes to anything to do with rec poker on uh, Twitter or Facebook. There's lots of fun ways to engage there. What am I missing, gang? I just I, the, the only thing I'm really also really excited about as we kind of transition all this content to is is um is this idea you mentioned it like I just want to learn about blind versus blind or I just want to learn about through that pots or I just want to learn about you know if you're if there's an area of your game that you really wanted to focus on that is what we're really shifting our our kind of guidance and focus uh, for what we're calling now instead of the seminar we're calling this the rec poker deep dive. deep dive and we're going to spend a month as a community talking about a strategy topic so we'll be talking about defending the big blind in unraised pots we'll be talking about defending out of position in three bet pots we'll be talking about how do you play um against limpers how do you you know all these kinds of things that come up and people have questions about that's what we're going to start to do month by month we're going to have topics and conversations so that we can all share in that we can ask gareth james about it we can ask daryl kearney about it we can ask about all these people that are plugged in to our world to really talk about that one topic for the for the month and um i think it'll i think it's that's going to be great. And we're going to really start at fully in earnest, we, you know, kind of shifting over with that website transition. Um, so look for that coming likely in June. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen Chris putting some of this stuff together and I, I am really impressed. Uh, I can't wait to see um, how our members take to this. And once we get into the a rhythm of putting this stuff out there, I think it's really, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds. And I want to share this excitement with some new folks. So I guess the, the other thing I'll say before I get off the soapbox, if you are thinking about it, I would choose May, April or May to become a premium member. Because if you are an active premium member on June 1st, I'm going to draw out of everyone's name, I'm going to draw one of all our premium members that are active on June 1st. And that person is going to win the chance to get themselves down to Las Vegas and play as my partner in event number 55 in the tag team uh, WSOP bracelet event. I know Chris loves event number 55. That's got him written all over it. Um, so yeah, if you're an active member on June 1st, we're going to do a raffle. I desperately want to play in the tag team event, but I don't have any friends and no one will play with me. So we're <laughs> going to find one premium member and we're going to put up their uh, buy-in. So all you have to do is get yourself down to the uh, Bali's. I was almost said the Rio, but that's not right anymore. Uh, on June 26th and, uh, and we'll register and win a bracelet for rec poker. Yeah. Let's so, get yeah, a rec poker bracelet. That would be amazing. Oh my God. No kidding. Right. I think it might I think, be called the horseshoe by then, but. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah right. of course it will. It will be. Good point. Rob. <laughs> Rob's our local agent with his boots on the ground right across the border waiting to jump in and cause some trouble. 
So that's so I'm pretty excited. I feel like the next the next few months are going to be really fun, busy as hell. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's so much fun working on this kind of stuff. And Chris does most of the real work anyway. Well, and John does a lot of the home games. Well, and, and Rob is often involved with something. All right. Well, okay. So it's kind of a team effort, but you know, it, uh, we do what we can. <laughs> so we have some pretty interesting wrecking crew members, don't we? Oh, you said it, Rob. Who some of the I think some of those names people might be familiar with. Yeah, it's, I think people are catching on a bit that the wrecking crew is uh, is is the place to be. Um, so why don't I why don't I take so one uh, for blah blah blah? Excuse me, I get so excited. I, I just get so excited about this kind of stuff. <laughs> so uh, Daro Carney, who uh, you heard Chris referencing earlier, is a member of the wrecking crew. Um, he contributes every month to our deep dive session that Chris is putting together there. Um, and he's such an asset. I mean, he's he's a published author. He's such a fun uh, person to talk to about poker, obviously very well credentialed by his own success in the poker world. And um, I think he just likes supporting, uh, you know, I he'd say, uh, well, you know, rec- recreational players, the lifeblood of the industry. Uh, and so, you know, I, I know he just likes being a part of the team and uh, spreading, his, spreading his light around Rec Poker Nation. Um, Gareth James, another member of the Wrecking Crew, um, just like Rob and John and Chris and myself, uh, we all believe in this mission of bringing our, our love of poker to recreational poker players. Um, Kevin Mathers, is, Kev Math, you know him from Twitter. Uh, he's a member of the Wrecking Crew. And so it's, you know, I think people are understanding that it's a place to come and, uh, and share your love of poker with, with recreational players. And it's exciting for me to see these big hitters come and take their seats alongside the likes of uh, me and Taylor Moss and Woody Adams and John Somsky. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing it, all, uh, seeing it all come together. It just goes to show, like, it's a great, it's a great group. People like talking poker with fun people. Who knew? Right. <laughs> so rob you're uh you're working on the final chapters of uh this iteration of the book study right That's yes right. we're we're currently talking about um we're doing strategies for beating small stakes tournaments and we've done two sessions and we have one more session which i think uh the actual audio podcast comes out the day before the next session. Um, and basically it's beating small stakes poker tournaments or strategies for beating small stakes poker tournaments. And it's really kind of interesting because it doesn't get into a lot of um, theory, GTO, hand reading, that sort of thing. It's reading your opponents. It's really more about how do you play against the certain player types that you find at small stakes tournaments. And so there's three basic types. There's those who play too many hands, those who play too few hands, and those who play the correct number of hands in an intelligent manner. Ooh, watch out for them. Yeah. And then you, then you break that down even further. So you have those who play too many hands too passively and those who play too many hands too aggressively. Then you have those who play too few hands too passively and those who play too too few hands too aggressively. And for each of those player types, there's a different strategy of how to play against them to maximize your results. And so it's really 
you know, it's really basic information and it's, it, there's nothing really, um, you know, earth shattering about it. It's something that everybody would normally come up with if they gave it any thought, but here, Jonathan Little has put it all together in a nice, concise manner so you can look at each of those strategies. And then the most important thing that the book teaches you is to pay attention at the poker table. Mm. Pay attention to what your opponents are doing. Look at um, aberrations, I guess I would call them, where somebody is playing, you see somebody and he's in every hand. Well, you know he's playing too many hands because there's no way you can be, you know, a winning player and play, you know, 90% of the hands. You can't V pick 90 and then be a winning player. <laughs> so, you know, you look for those types of things and you always pay attention, even if you're not in the hand, because you want to be able to see what they're doing and then hopefully see a showdown to see what kind of hands they're doing it with. So it's, it's like I say, it's not real heavy GTO strategy or anything like that. It's just, basically paying attention at your local casino when you're playing in those uh, small tournaments, small stakes tournaments. And Jonathan just does a great job of really just honing in on what are the things that we should be paying attention to, you know, and then how to apply that uh, at the, at the tables. Right. Because that's the, we, we talk about how this, Oh, well, it's, it's just common sense or, you know, I, I know all this already, but then I sit down and it's like, okay, how do I actually use this to, to win more right. in this particular hand. I think that's what's yep. great about it. It doesn't have and this to stuff is so important too. like, yeah. like you can have all the GTO and theory and strategy and range is all in the back of your head. But if you're not adjusting to the people at your table, you're, you're just, you're, you're not going to do very well. So it's, yeah. and, and knowing what to do with those proper adjustments is so important. We got a question from uh, Type Login. My man Joseph says, uh, "What is small stakes?" And I mean, I guessing in the context of small stakes tournaments. So, Rob, when when you're thinking about this book, what are the tournament styles or tournament buy-ins that uh, Jonathan's referring to? Well, basically, um, go to your local casino and see what their daily tournaments are. You know, South Point, for instance, has some tournaments that are like sixty dollars. Um. You go to Running Aces in Minnesota, and they have a lot of $75, $100, $125 tournaments. They used to have a Sunday morning tournament that was $30, and that that was just crazy. That was just nuts, the number of people that would come in and play that. So that's considered small stakes. I think anything 150 or less is pretty much small stakes. They do have, I know at Running Aces, they used to have a deep stack tournament that I think was $250 or something like that. and they had one at Canterbury in Minnesota that was 235. Those you got a little bit uh, better players playing, but if you go to those dailies that are around $75, $100, that's what we're talking about in beating small stakes poker tournaments. Nice. And I see we've got a few members in the chat uh, here on the YouTube channel. So uh, type login, Jim, Keith, Martha, Troy, anybody else that uh, is here and feel free to type any questions you like into the chat there. I'm looking forward to getting a little more feedback as we uh, go along. And as we have guests here, this will be an exciting uh, feature as well. I'm seeing some of the, the chat here saying, uh, Troy, what, one of our members is saying, watching YouTube or playing on Facebook is not a winning strategy. And then <laughs> Keith, Keith uh, Brandt, Monkey System, chimes in and says, I once saw someone in a daily at the Aria playing Civilization Six on his tablet while playing in the tournament. <laughs> that seems challenging because that game like, requires a lot of attention where you're like moving, 
armies and pieces and building cathedrals and I don't know what else. And um, <laughs> that seems like, yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, I have enough yeah, trouble playing like a cash game on one screen and a tournament on the yeah. other screen, let yeah. alone a different game entirely. Yeah, I think uh, you see a lot of players at even at the small stakes that they're not paying attention to what's going on at the table. They've got their phone in front of their face or they're watching the football game or the hockey game or the you know golf tournament on TVs because they, they love putting big TVs all over your poker rooms, right? <laughs> and And you love watching people do that because if you're paying attention and they're not, you're gaining a lot of information yeah. mm-hmm. that they're not paying attention to. So was it you, Rob, that said that you was it you that liked to go play when there's like a sporting event that you don't care about going on or something? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> with like the Stanley Cups on and you don't care about hockey oh, yeah. and like that's yeah, the I, best time I'm not to a go. Hockey guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect time to go. <laughs> I love that. Well, everyone else is paying attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Rob, I just got a question here. Um, uh, how do we get a copy of the book, um, Type Login? Joseph would like to buy one. And I've got good news for him because I think it's free if you go to pokercoaching.com. I'm going to let our, yes. our man Chris Wallace in here. And then while that's happening, Rob, why don't you tell folks how they can get a copy of that book? Yeah, you can, you can go to pokercoaching.com. And you can actually sign up and get a free membership, just like you can at Rec Poker. You can sign up for PokerCoaching.com and get a free membership. And there's a lot of free stuff that they have available for you. And if you go to their tools on their side menu, you go to tools, there's this place for um, his books and strategies for beating small stakes tournament, poker tournaments is free. It's a free download. So... Nice. No payment necessary. Can't beat that. No. So speaking of things you can't beat, it's happening, folks. We've got Chris Fox Wallace in the room. Chris, you're joining us on our first live YouTube broadcast of the show. So, oh, great! Uh, the one, the one, the one that I miss part of is the first <laughs> live one on YouTube. Um, I somehow the when the invite came through, something happened that it put it in my calendar at seven o'clock, which is oh. seven o'clock your time. Whoa! So what a bummer. actually, I would I would have missed the whole thing if uh, <laughs> Troy Chapman, who's one of my students, um, yes, Troy's who's, who's a rec poker guy, like popped up on Facebook and said, "Hey, where are you?" And I was like, "What? We don't have a lesson tonight." And he said, "No, the rec poker podcast is happening right now." <laughs> and then I realized it, it just makes sense that you guys wouldn't be broadcasting at seven my time and be going on at ten o'clock. But I just, my phone calendar runs my life. And if my phone tells oh, yeah. me to do a thing, I do it. And if it doesn't, I don't. Because before before <laughs> smart cell phones, I just was, it was so hard for me to like make appointments and remember to do things. Oh, yeah. No, um, no, no lie. I literally print this off every week. It's just because <laughs> I have the same problem. I have to just like have a plan and follow it. And that's the only way I have any chance of ever getting anything done. So I, I, I apologize. That was, I, I, tr- I hate being late. I never do that. Oh, well, I mean, listen, small, you're with the right crowd. We don't do anything on time or hit any audio cues ever. Or, you know, is, is this the right group to be getting into for a casual <laughs> chat about poker? So uh, we've we've covered a bit about sort of what's going on in, in rec poker land. But now that we've got you here, we got to start at the very top of the urgent question, which is, holy cow, man, that beard looks great. How long have you been rocking that? And uh, what was your inspiration? Because uh, I've only seen you clean shaven uh, in it's, person. It's got to go soon. It's kind of driving me nuts. But oh, yeah. <laughs> This is the longest it's ever been for sure. It's always mm. kind of bugged me after like a week. 
but uh, my wife really liked it, so I kept it going. And then a ton of people said it looks good, so then I just kept it going. But it's it's kind of it's pissing me off. So um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to just get a beard trimmer and like keep it at yeah. a reasonable length so it doesn't get out of control. Now that is still way better than shaving routinely, though, for what it's worth. I actually really like shaving. I use a, um, a like a really old school double edge safety razor, mm. oh. and it just becomes like a ritual thing for me. And yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. But apparently, I'm not going to be doing that much anymore. <laughs> we got it. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's, That's uh, right. And I used to wonder what the deal was with when when it was gray right here. Like if people were were dying part of it or what was going on. But no, it just grows in that way. Yeah, you've got now the real like, like natural handlebars there. Yeah, it's That's like, cool. like Wolfman Fox now. <laughs> I love it. Well, now that we've established a new nickname forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so well, there's a bunch of stuff we want to talk to you about. Um, is there anything at the top of your own list that you're just really excited about these days? I mean, we, we can take it anywhere you like. I've got a few uh, questions lined up, but what are you passionate about? What's what's going on with you? Uh, I am writing. Uh, you know, I've been wanting to be a writer instead of a poker player for a long time now. Yeah, when I first started playing, um, my my co-author, my first book, Adam Stemple, um, he was a writer and a poker player. He was he was a working musician at the time, which is how I met him. But uh, but um, I needed something to do because I'd lost my career as a guitar builder due to allergies to exotic hardwoods, and so <sighs> um, I was trying to figure out what to do. And it, and it was between writing and poker; those were the two things that I was passionate about that I really cared about, and. Uh, and the poker players that I knew were making a lot more money than the, than the writers. <laughs> so I went with poker and it was a fun, passionate thing to do and study really hard. But over the years, I kind of, I kind of, you know, lost the, the, the glitz and glamor of playing poker for a living kind of faded. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful game and it's a wonderful side hustle. It's not a great thing to do for your whole living. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started writing more and more and now that's working. So now I'm uh, writing what's this uh, yeah. for cards chat, like sort of on a part-time basis um, designing a really cool thing for them for the world series right now. It'd be a very cool app that'll be coming out in the next, in about a month and doing a bunch of writing for them and also working on a bunch of publishing projects. I have all these, I just have books everywhere that have like helped people publish or that various, you know. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, have kind of become an expert in doing my own self publishing on the Amazon algorithm and uh, all the self publishing stuff. And so people started coming to me to publish their work. So I've got, here's, I've got, um, which book is this? This one just came. It was a book I published for a, a CEO of like a serverware company. Mm. Um, I've done a, a ton of these kinds of projects publishing for other people. And then I've got a multiple fiction projects of my own. I have uh, the hardest thing I've ever done is, is this, this, this is the great American novel. It's my, it's my great white whale. Um, so uh, it's a very like Steinbeck, Hemingway, Cormac McCarthy kind of thing. And uh, the, the, what I hold in my hand is the first time I've printed it, draft number five, and it's not even close to done. Wow. That's a great um, feeling, though, that printed copy, right? <laughs> like, that feels it, yeah. like a benchmark. Yeah, holding it in my hand is nice. And so I, I, I hesitate to ask, how long have you been working on that? Because I know those, are, those uh, can be something that, you know, takes half a life. 
Yeah. I mean, I had the idea for it and kind of wrote the first like 10,000 words about 20 years ago. Um, Then I wrote the first draft uh, over a maybe three month period, uh, a few hours a day going to the Starbucks down the street from my house when I used to live close to the strip, Um, maybe four or five years ago. And then uh, you know, when you get done with a project like that, you kind of have to put it away for a little while hmm. before you can go back and do more to it. And with, with genre fiction, um, I can write a, you know, I could write a vampire book and then put it away for a week and then edit it and then, you know, and have this thing out, you know, very quickly. But, but with literary fiction like this, it's, it's a, such a different world. It's the hardest thing I've ever written. And I'm so obsessive about it being perfect that it's, hmm. I have not only does the whole book have to tie together beautifully and, and, and I'm almost obsessive about it. It's almost a problem. Um, <laughs> it, it has to tie together beautifully and everything has to be perfect. But then within that, every paragraph has to be perfect with all the others and every sentence in each paragraph has to be perfect within that. And it's all got to be this, this thing that goes together exactly the way it works out. And there's a lot of like twists that have to be just right. I, I really made a hard job for myself when I wrote the draft then I and I looked back and went, oh, this is going to be really hard to make this right. You know, it's a it's a super twisty surprise ending, mm. and then a little appendix at the end of the book that's like more than the ending. There's a whole, it's a it's a whole mess. And I you know I want the I want the language to be you know Hemingway McCarthy quality, and that is just a ton of work. So that's that's been the the hard project. But I've also got a number of other fiction projects that'll be. I don't know, hopefully by Christmas I'll have a couple of those written, and I'm uh, writing a mixed game book ah. with a couple of other world champions, uh, a horse book. Really, we're just talking about mixed games, making them more of a focus in uh, 2022 around here. So maybe that'll be uh, something we can look at in our book study. Or, or uh, between otherwise. the three of us, we have 27 million dollars in tournament winnings and 10 mixed game bracelets, hmm. uh, and. Not bad. It'll, be, it'll be basically a, a beginner's guide to horse. So it's the horse cool. games uh, and, and an intro to how these games really work. Right. Uh, I just finished working on the Omaha starting hand selection page. Like that's what I did most of the day today. I had, a, I had one student and then I worked on the Omaha. And so I was breaking down the components of a hand because you can't really teach people how to play Omaha the way you can withhold them where you just say, play these hands in this position because it's too many hands. Right. So I just talked about, you know, ace deuce has this has a lot of value. Ace three has some value. Other low cards have some value. A suited ace has a lot of value. Some other suited cards have a little value. Big pairs have, and and like, and then you, once you understand these things, you don't need to like think about how valuable is a big pair, right? That's just a thing you can understand once you mm-hmm. once you read it and play the game a little bit, and then you can look at every every four card hand and go, okay, here's here's how much value this hand really has. Here's how important these things are. You know, stressing that like your nine high flush draw is just not really worth much and that your ace high flush draw is much more valuable and like, you know, those kinds of things. So if I teach it that way, then I think people will understand starting hand values in Omaha much better than like trying to get them to memorize a point system or, you know, telling them just to play ace deuce or, you know, the other ways other books have approached it. So that's a, a, been a lot of my time the last couple months is like this book has to be ready by the world series. Mm. So it'll be out before the world series. If it kills me and it might. 
<laughs> well, I can't wait. I can't wait to check it out. That's we just actually got good. the forward from uh, Jeff Lissandro's writing the forward. We oh. just got the forward from Jeff the other day. It looks good. So right on. about it. Well, it's going to be exciting to see it when it's uh, when it's all done. It's amazing how quickly they can turn those around now, eh? Through through production. Oh, I'll, uh, we're self publishing it. Yeah, yeah. We turned yeah. down uh, offers from the two bigger po- poker publishers. We just they just don't pay much and they don't do much right. promotion for you. Right. Um, you know, it's hard to make much money with a poker book these days unless you publish it yourself and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, and you have you know, a huge edge now in that field. Uh, yeah, I mean, my book outsold a lot of the traditionally published books written by people a lot more famous than I am. Mm. I was actually number two on the poker list for a while and would have been number one on the, on the Amazon bestsellers for poker on, on Amazon, except that uh, Maria Konnikova's book came oh, out right. at the same time. You know, it's the only book in the last like three years that would have outsold my, my book with the sales <laughs> I had, <laughs> was, but that book just destroyed. Like nobody else was even close. That was a New York yeah. times bestseller. Yeah. So, you know, not even coming close to that, but to, to find out that I outsold, you know, so many of these like really famous people who have these, these deals with other poker publishers was kind of like, Oh, then why would we take this, this deal with this poker publisher when they're not getting any sales? So, yeah, I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be up. You know, with print on demand, there's not even any turnaround. You don't even mm-hmm. have to order books anymore. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it's done, two days later, it'll be for sale on Amazon and people will be getting copies. Amazing. Well, we'll make sure to uh, send the link out when the time comes. Let us know. Uh, yeah. Because we'd love to love to spread the word and get some recreational poker players uh, more involved in Horace and, and all those mixed games. We actually got a question here um, from the one and only Troy Chapman. I see a bunch of folks typing into <laughs> the uh, chat here. Uh, so Troy says, question for Chris, it's loaded. So now you've been coaching uh, the most wreck of players. <laughs> what do you think is the easiest uplift in performance for recreational players? And so I think like, just generally speaking, you're, you're coaching with, um, you know, not, not beginners, but like intermediate players, recreational players. Um, is there, are there some common themes that sort of a, a great number of, of, of these uh, students might be well-served to, to study or to work on? You know, the, the biggest thing for most recreational players wasn't that big a thing for Troy because he's a financial analyst and he was already pointed in this direction. Uh, but it's, it's getting people to focus on equity and money. Mm-hmm. You know, so many players uh, want respect. And like, I throw away respect all the time. I don't want that. <laughs> I want like, at, I get, I have people respect me in other things I do in my life. I don't care about poker anymore. Um, and so I will, I was just talking to a student this morning about this. When, you know, when I throw myself under the bus intentionally so often in mixed games or in games where people sort of know me and I don't want them to think that I'm a good player. And it's, it's a it's a such a common thing in humanity that we almost all poker players that I meet would rather believe that that the that a known player sucks <laughs> and that they're good, right? So it's a very easy thing to convince people. <laughs> um, I did it this summer at the um, in the twenty five k horse the the last year at the World Series. So at the first round, uh, Dan Shack was at my table. A bunch of other fairly solid players. And I know these people like know who I am, but they don't really know me because I'm not playing in like the nosebleed stakes that they're playing in, in live games. And so there were a couple people at the table who, who actually knew me, but most of them didn't. And so I just, we played a hand where um, I called down a little bit like, cause I know Dan will, 
will bet a little light on the end. And it was a, it was the right spot for me to do that. <laughs> and then he actually had a monster. Oh no! And I was all thinking in my head as I called, if he has this monster, I'm going to claim the second monster. <laughs> and everybody's going to remember, because this is a table full of world-class players. It's a 25 K. Everybody's going to remember that. I can't actually have that because the two jacks are dead were folded preflop because they were playing stud and they're going to realize I couldn't have had that. And they're going to all think I'm a fish that I'm claiming a hand. I didn't have, and that I don't even remember the jacks are out there. Right. If I set this up, um, everybody at the table is going to think that I'm just a recreational player who found 25 grand somewhere. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what I want. I don't care if they disrespect my game for the rest of their lives. In fact, it's great. Right. I just, I just want to pay my mortgage and go travel and take vacations and shit. I don't want to, I, I don't need to convince people that I'm good at poker. So, and doing little things like that, like when I used to play the mix game at Canterbury, I would buy in semi short, playing 40, 80, and I buy in for a thousand bucks. And then if I dropped down to 500 bucks, I'd keep playing. Whereas most of those guys would buy in for 2000. If they dropped to a thousand, they'd buy 2000 more. They want this mountain of chips in front of them. So they feel like they're crushing the game and people think they are. I don't want, I don't care if anybody thinks I am. In fact, I want them to think I'm not. Yes. And most of those guys at Canterbury, uh, they're playing the biggest game in the room. They're very smart guys. They think they're the best poker player in this state. If, if there's, if that game's running and it's eight handed, six of those guys think they're the best player. In the state. <laughs> right. And they're, they're perfectly willing to think, especially after the horse win that the champ sucks. So, I mean, after winning the 10 K horse, I'm still able to convince people that I'm just not good at this, you know, and just by not having a lot of chips in front of me and like, and like claiming I had a few hands that I didn't, or, you know, calling down and then I have, have somebody show me like a, have somebody show me a flush in Omaha, a nine high flush or a, a jack high flush and just be like, oh, the nine high flush and fold it when it would have been a terrible spot to have a nine high flush. Like just those, those kinds of things where I can, I can convince people that I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, what we talked about all uh, at, at any level of poker, you know, what, it, what is going to make you more or less profitable is making good assumptions about the people at the table with you. So Absolutely. If, if, if you can convince people to make bad assumptions about you and your range and what you might do with parts of your range, then that's, I mean, that's offense as much as, as defense. I love that idea. And now that I'm writing more and, and kind of moving out of playing poker seriously for, for my whole living, I can talk about it. It's fun. Right. I can, I can talk about it. I've spent 20 yeah. years doing this and not telling anybody about it. <laughs> I love it. Well, here, let, let's, let me pull another secret out of you then, Chris. So um, when, when you sit down at the table and you are yourself making assumptions about people there uh, as you try and build your own uh, player profiles about them, what are some things that less experienced players do that kind of tips you off that they're less experienced? What are some mannerisms or actions or mechanics that sort of make you think, ah, this player is not a crusher at the table? Sure. I, you know, I was really bad at this at first. When I, when I transitioned from online poker to live poker, I was really bad at live reads, much worse than the average person and had to study really to like get, you know, get an understanding of it. And then in Minnesota, we play with the same people all the time. So I would just remember how these people played. And then when I moved to moved to Vegas, when I when I came started coming to Vegas to play cash games a lot, and then eventually moved here, I'm playing with different people constantly. The tourists roll through. There's a much bigger group of, of serious players here. 
and my memory is not great. Uh, lots of processing power and very little memory in my brain. Uh, if I don't take a picture of where I parked, mm. I'll wander around the parking structure all day. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just terrible about it. Um, I, I worked with an academic at the University of Minnesota who who did a bunch of brain tests and scans on me and and was and said like, oh, these things, you know, you do really good at these things. And then in this is terrible, um, which is so, fair. If you were that good at everything, you know, people would right. complain. Yeah, well, I'd be doing something better than this. <laughs> um, and so uh, I have really had to pick up uh, the ability to assess someone the instant they walk up to the table. That's been really helpful for me in, in playing like the live cash games that I've played for most of my living the last like six years in, in Vegas. Um, some of it is is paying attention and being fascinated by your fellow humans. Right. I have a book on tells written that I'm, I don't, don't know if I'll ever get around to publishing or not, but a big part of the beginning of that book is, is this is too complex a subject to quantify, mm. right? I have like what everybody is saying on my bookshelf from Joe Navarro, right? His body language book. I have those things, but it's, it's too complicated a subject to quantify and then use right at, at, at real speed, you know? So you you become fascinated by people and you start to pick up things in each spot. It's like becoming a good poker player versus memorizing good poker plays, right? Like becoming a good poker player is way more valuable. Mm -hmm. And so I just became a people reader. And now, like if the waitress brings me my food and doesn't like me, I know. And I kind of <laughs> don't want to know, but I but I now I know. Right? I, I just you, you just get to that point if you if you spend enough time. And I send a lot of my students on these kind of missions to do secret interviews. I tell them, oh, you know, the next person that you end up in a conversation with that you don't know, I want you to ask them questions because they'll talk all day about themselves and then figure out. I want you to know, I want them to never know they're being interviewed. Just feels like a conversation. But then I want to uh, know how they, how you think they voted, what's their religion, how much money were they raised with, how much money do they make now? Um, are they are they um, uh, conservative or aggressive with money? Uh, what's their investing strategy? What do they do for a living? How much money do they make? Um, I want to know, like, do they are they a dog or a cat person? Like everything about this person, right? So that when I go and ask you about this person, you can answer all these weird questions I'm going to ask you, right? If I say, is this person more likely to wear? Say you met a guy at a, a, a truck stop standing in line at a Wendy's, right? And I'm going to say, was he wearing a hat? And they go, no. And I go everybody owns a hat. What kind of hat does he have? Yeah. And, and like, some people are going to go, Oh, it's a baseball hat. And some people are going to go, ah, it's a Kangle, I think, or it's a bucket hat, or it's like, you know, I want to know, I want you to know this person and answer those questions for me. And once you, once you can do that with other humans, then when they walk up to a poker table, you've got them. So this then, is your, as a writer, this is just coming through with you. You're like, you know, you need to be able to flesh out the backstories for these people and sort of like imagine, not, not absolutely. imagine, because yeah, you're yeah. trying to like take the clues that are available to you and like build them out, right? Absolutely. So when someone comes walking up to a, like, uh, sometimes it's situational, but like if I, I used to play two, five at the win all the time. And if somebody comes walking up to the table with a, a single rack of red chips at the win, the max buy-in in that game is not five hundred dollars; it's fifteen hundred. So, I think I'm walking up with a single rack. It's not a good. It's not a. It's a sign they're probably not a pro. And, and then um, it's a a forty-two year old white guy. It looks like he's got money, and he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a, a, the shirt that like the, the club kids wore 
six years ago, which is like the like it's kind of paisley-ish, but then when you turn the sleeves in, it's like it's a way a different, different color. color. Yeah, right. Like, like if, if I see somebody over 40 wearing one of those shirts at the win, right? Like they're sharp looking shirts. It doesn't mean that you're a dumbass if you own one of these shirts, right? I have one. But if you're coming to play poker at the win wearing one, you're there for the club, the girls. The gambling, you're not there for the poker. You're not a poker pro. Never one time have I seen a poker pro walk up in that shirt, right? Um, if if you show up in a hoodie and a backpack, then, like, I know what's up. In fact, a lot of the pros at the wind didn't like me because I would refer to them as backpacks and, like, tell the table about them because I don't like that, right? Not only do I not want that good player at my table, but, but way more important, they're going to show up, put on headphones, pull out their iPad and watch Die Hard, mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to play – Five hands an hour, they're going to raise to six X when they play a hand and they're not going to talk to anyone. And that's terrible for my game. Mm. If you show up and act like that in my game, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to make life hard for you. Uh, and and so a lot of them didn't like me and some of them would even not come to my table because they knew I was going to do that. Perfect. So I would get, you know, and when they show up, I've already got, made friends with the other five recreational players at the table. We're probably having drinks and I go, oh, another backpack. This is just what we need. And, the, and then they would start <laughs> calling them backpacks, right? And so then the, the recreational players are folding every time this guy raises, and it's driving him nuts. And he doesn't even know why because he's got headphones on. He takes his headphones off and makes a raise. And somebody goes, not calling out at raise from a backpack and throws it away and then takes another drink of their whiskey. And he goes, what? And then he looks at me like, oh, it was you. Yeah, it was me. Take your headphones off and have a beer, buddy. Let's let's chat and make this a fun game. Oh, so that's great. I love those it. kinds of like you know. There, there's all those assumptions that you can make, but like, uh, my student earlier today is a woman who's in her early fifties. Um, doesn't look like it, but you know, is in her early fifties and is very comfortable. She's very intelligent. She's uh, not afraid to be playing in a man's game. She is. She's um, and super sharp and a good player. And when she goes to a table, um, she's not wearing a ton of makeup. She's not super dressed up. She's not covered in jewelry. She didn't just have her hair done. Um, and I'm going to think good player when I see her. And if instead she shows up and she's just had her hair really done and she's got a ton of makeup on and a ton of jewelry on, I'm going to think she's not here for the poker. She didn't show up. In, in stuff that's comfortable to play a long poker session and be sharp. She showed up looking good. Mm-hmm. She's she's here for a different reason and also is playing poker, you know? Uh, and then some of it is the social stuff, how people behave. Like you can, you can judge a lot by how a person looks. Um, and then you can learn a lot by how they behave. Do they, you know, if they sit down and shuffle uh, two, eight stacks of chips right away, well, they, they definitely play, you know, um, if they can't get their chips out of the rack the right way, or they like, pull out their money and like wave it at the, at the, like the <laughs> chip runner, right? Like put, put your, put your money down, dude, calm down. Um, you, you know that this is person isn't a serious player. So it's just like, how comfortable does this person look walking up to a poker table and, and how did they walk up? But when somebody gets moved to your table, they will either show up looking at their seat and if there's board cards or a pot being played, looking at the cards and the board and the, you know, they're excited about the poker. And if they if they walk up instead looking at all the players and like assessing each person, that's a bad sign. And if they if they're assessing each person with shark eyes, like they look like they're trying to figure out who to eat first, then you're in trouble. And and that's such a giveaway, and it's so common when people are transferred into and out of tables at tournaments that you can you can know a lot about someone before they even sit down. 
I like and that. The third aspect of that, and, and when I was writing about it, is um, you can learn about how someone plays so much from tiny little things they do. Like I like my favorite example is the the the, the funeral for your cards. You you show a guy the nuts, and he picks up his cards and looks at them. And then looks at the board again and then looks at your hand and then sighs twice. And by this time, I want to knock him out of his chair. This drives me nuts. And then he's like, he knew he knew he was beat 12 seconds ago. And he's like, (laughs) and then he taps his cards on the table twice and shakes his head and like (laughs) agonizingly lets go of his hand. If it takes someone this long to fold a hand when you showed them the nuts, do you think they're going to be able to fold when they don't know what you have yet? We've we've learned so much about this person's whole personality at the poker table, right? This guy does not like to fold hands. He's not. He has trouble believing that he's beat. Um, you know, you, you and you can use that to extract value from him in so many spots. And this can happen before you've even played a hand. Mm-hmm. You might you've just walked up to the table and haven't even been dealt cards yet. I like you that. know, and, and then there's like the the ace king, uh, the you I call it the ace king example because it's just always ace king when this happens. But like you're in a cash game and somebody raises, you know, like in a one two cash game, and somebody raises to six bucks, and like a couple people call, and then the small blind calls, and then the big blind. No, it's limps. Let's say it's limps. It's it's four limpers, and the big blind, the small blind completes, and the big blind raises to six bucks. When I ask people what they now know about this player, they will usually like start talking about what hand he has, mm. but I'm not talking about what hand he has. What do you know about the human? This like this person who's done this. And they're like, I don't know. Well, I know that he sucks at poker, <laughs> right? And that he sucks at poker in a specific way. Not just that he's not good at poker, but that he's not good at poker in a specific way in that he's very inexperienced. Because if you play with a guy who's been playing for 20 years, there's a bunch of these, there's a bunch of these guys in Minnesota have been playing for 20 years, playing low limit tournaments. Um, they know a lot about, they'll, they'll quote odds at you and stuff. They'll do things like that. And then they will never make this mistake, right? This particular mistake is not how they play. If you're bad at poker, been playing 20 years, you don't do this. This could be a very, very smart person who's just playing poker for their first time. But, but whatever it is, they're very inexperienced and they're not going to understand a lot of these bet sizing nuances. Uh, they're not going to understand relative hand values. They're going to be playing absolute hand values a lot. We've learned all this about them without, without playing a hand, without seeing a flop. We already know a bunch of things about this player from how they've behaved. So it's, for me, it's about like inferring from little things more and more about the person, right? You're, you're kind of conducting that secret interview all the time that you're playing with someone. I love the idea of the secret interview. And I think um, the sizing in particular is something that we can get a lot of information about when it comes to people's experience. Because like you say, poker is a game where there's a lot of right answers, but there are a few wrong answers when it comes to the math. (laughs) And if you can catch someone making one of those wrong answers, that does kind of give you a little window into their their experience. Yeah, just thinking about what does this mean about, you know, how they think about the game. What it usually means in this case is that they have like ace king or ace queen and they don't know what to do with it. So they make the worst possible decision and like raise to three X and everyone calls and then they get smoked in a huge pot. (laughs) (laughs) But this play is punished so badly when you make it that like experienced players learn quickly to not, not do this thing. That's a good point. Cause it, yeah, it's uh, those painful mistakes. People tend to only make them a few times. So that yeah. tells you that they're kind of at the beginning of their poker journey in a way. 
Yep. Yeah, that's if you combine the three things where like a, a, a the guy in the in the cuff shirt walks up to your table at the win with 500 and chips, doesn't look at anybody else, just sits down uh, and then and then makes that play like this guy's this is like one of his first two or three times playing poker and also probably doesn't care about money at all. He's at the win. People, at the, you know, there's a lot of money. People, poor people don't stay at the win. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shirt that he's wearing combined with staying at the wind, tell me like, tell me like this guy's got money. So he, he doesn't care about the 500 that's in front of him. And he may turn out to be one of those guys that we love so much that will like play poker. Like it's blackjack. We'll just like pile his chips in and see if he won and then try yeah. it again. And then <laughs> I was like, going <laughs> to, I was going to say, that sounds like a good table to be sitting at. That's, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. We love those players. Yeah. <laughs> um, Troy from the chat here says, uh, I went in a similar vein. I like to find the dude who's never folding top pair or an over pair. Yeah, get that absolute hand value, right? Getting mm-hmm. stuck on what feels like a big hand. That's that's a big one too. Yeah, if you get the inexperienced player who also does the funeral for his hand thing, <laughs> you have the you have the the guy who can't fold top pair. <laughs> Especially if there's a draw on board. Like if <laughs> if he's got top pair and there's two diamonds on the board and he just like butt your house and there's forty dollars in the pot, and he just calls his house because he can't manage to fold when you might have a draw it would break his heart if you showed him a draw perfect perfect <laughs> so i know we're getting to where we uh, have to let you go but there was one more question i wanted to ask and i'll let our uh, our members in the chat type a couple more up there um so the last time i saw you in person you were we were at the rio and you were doing photography for cards chat yeah. Uh, so WSOP is coming up again. You're you have such this unique place in the poker world. You're an insider. You're a professional. You're working on a behind the scenes. Uh, what's this year's WSOP going to be like for you? And what are you looking forward to it? And and how are you preparing? I'm going to be doing more of that. Uh, awesome. I think this year at the World Series, I'm going to kind of have a schedule where I'm I'm anytime that they hit a final table, I'll go take pictures. Anytime they somebody wins a bracelet, I'll go take pictures of the uh, you know of the bracelet picture kind of stuff, and then I'll go to the media room and write that up. And and you know this person won or whatever happened today. I just bought a new laptop with an SD card reader and some new stuff for my camera. I just bought a like a microphone so I can do video that has good audio quality. Cool. Um, I bought a backpack that'll like hold everything the way I want, um, and then the rest of the time. I'm going to be playing cash so that I can get yes. up and leave and go do that stuff whenever I want. Yeah. So I can just sit in a, like a, the 2040 mix was great last year and, and uh, I don't need to play big anymore. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go play 2040 or I'll go play a two, five or five, 10, no limit game. Uh, and when I need to go take pictures of a final table, I'll just sit out for a few minutes and then go get pictures. And then once, you know, that kind of day is done and the, and the bracelets have been, you know, one, then I can pop over to the media room, write it up, go home and go to sleep and go back and do it the next day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- you know, that's, that's a guaranteed bunch of money. You know, I'm going to make money playing cash over that kind of large sample size. I'm for sure going to make a bunch of money playing cash. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to make the money from cards chat and they're going to be very happy with me. And I, you know, I love working with cards chat so far. It's been really fun. Um, so I want to make them happy and, and I can, you know, I'm, I'm sort of double dipping. I'm getting paid while I'm getting paid. That's the best uh, man. And making everybody happy except the players at my 2040 <laughs> game. So, um, Hey, you can't please and, everybody. 
and no stress. I can take a day off whenever I want. I can yeah. do whatever I want because I don't have this big tournament schedule to play. You know. Yeah. I think I'm going to be down there for a little longer this year. And I think I'm just going to make a personal rule where I'm only allowed to enter tournaments if I've won the buy-in in cash games. Because I just feel like I go down there, I have a great time. I make a bunch of buddy playing cash and then I just donk it all off in the tournaments. <laughs> so uh, I think you might've cracked the code, man. That sounds like the perfect way to uh, spend some time in Vegas. I think tournaments are really fun, way more fun than cash. Yeah. But if you want to make real money, Cash games are the spot. Yep. Well, I'm excited to uh, see you um, active again in the poker ecosystem. And uh, it was great seeing you out there snapping for a cards chat. They're a fun organization. So I'm glad that's working out. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to take a, a lot of pictures this year. Yeah. Cool, man. So, well, and where, uh, and, where can folks, where can folks find you if they want to say, if they say, Hey, I'm, I'm at table 42, come say hi. What, Twitter is easiest for me during the world series. Yeah. At Fox Poker Fox on Twitter. That's the yeah. easiest way. And and if I take your picture and you want a copy of it, tell me at the time and I'll kind of make a note of it. And I can, you know, you can like give me your contact info. And the, actually, the easiest thing to do is write down your contact info and hold it up while I take another picture. of Because uh, then when I see the second picture, I go, oh, this guy. And then I can send you that. I can send you a picture like within a day or two because I can't sell the pictures I take at the World Series. That's part of their uh, their deal with the media. If you get media credentials at the World Series, you can't sell the photos you take there. Interesting. But, uh, but I can give them to you. And I, I don't care about selling them anyway. But uh, so I can give them to you. And I know a lot of people who don't have like real pictures of themselves right. at the World Series. And it's a big deal for some people to be at the World Series. It's a cool, you know, it's, it's, if you're a big poker player, your Facebook profile should be a picture I took of you at the World Series. So, yeah. you know. Just, I love. That. Uh, let me know where you're at and that you want a picture, and I'm happy to make it happen. There you go. Well, Fox Poker Fox, if you want to reach out and let him know, and uh, he's he's right, man. Having a, and having a professional take your photo when you're down there too. Come on, that becomes part of the story too. Um, so there's nothing that you can't go wrong with that. Semi semi professional. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're on the Rec Poker Podcast, man. So we're all semi-professionals around here. <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, we're going to go into um, our little community session here. John's going to take us through who won the last week of home games. And then we're going to get out of here in a tight five minutes because uh, we've got to get off to the Tournament of Champions, which is going to start at the top of the hour. Um, oh. But Chris, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with uh, before Just you go? Just go buy my book. That's yeah, it. Just, just buy my book. I think and most rec, most most of the rec poker people bought it already. It was you guys were good for sales, so oh, we loved it. And I don't we, know if it does me any good to tell you guys to buy it. <laughs> That's right. Well, and we'll put a link in the in the show notes too if people want to go check that out. Um, and they can go. I think you can also go to rec.poker slash resources, and uh, you should be able to see a link to that because we love all the Chris Wallace stuff. The guy helps uh, <laughs> players get better at poker, so we're all for yeah, that. I can't I can't wait for this mixed game book, Chris. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really ready for it to be done. <laughs> Have a great right, night, well, y'all. Yeah, Chris, right. feel feel free to stick around if you like. Or just dive off here. John's going to take us through some home game winners, and then uh, and then we'll be out of here. So thank you All again right. for your time. We'll catch See up you again later. Soon. Thanks for having me on. You got it. All right, John is in full Somsky mode. He's muted but prepared. Here he comes. I'm not muted anymore. I knew you had to make a statement. I had plenty of time, <laughs> plenty of time. All right. So we had our No Limit Hold'em Championship Series. That is the monthly series on the first Wednesday of the month that has Player of the Year series points. And Poker Cat 36 name, Naomi Pazul, 
won her ah. very first Nolan Holdem series event. Then for nightly events, a really mad guy won his first event. I'm assuming it's him, given his name is Guy. Uh, Megra 44, Doug Drabeck, got his second nightly victory of the year. But if Doug. you remember the tear he was on a couple of years ago, this is his 33rd all-time <laughs> victory for Rec Poker. Poor oh, <laughs> Joshua Campbell, Josh. got his first daily victory or nightly victory for the year. Digging eight graves, Chris Simone or Simonu, Simonu got his second nightly victory. What was that? No, I'm just I'm just messing with you now, China. Okay. Well, I <laughs> it sounds almost like French, so you know, you mm-hmm. being Canadian might know better than I, I that's why it felt so natural. Yeah. Bloop seven, Mark Bloomberg got his second <laughs> nightly victory for the year. JD Cat 32, Jeff Catalano won the daily mixed practice event. And McBean, Chad McBean won yes. the 8 a.m. Uh, international event for the first time this year. And Rosie Q, Roz Cordo, got won the second, her second international event for the year. And then John Lancer, John Bensky John's won the Sunday event for Learn Pro Poker. So you can contact Jim. At rec.poker for your free month at Learn Pro Poker. There you do. Don't be a stranger. Uh, reach out and get that free uh, month to Learn Pro Poker. It's it's fantastic. Um, and I see I already it's my <laughs> it's our first week doing the live YouTube broadcast. I already missed one question for Fox. This was coming from Keith Brandt um, asking about how he uh, coaches recreational players. So Keith, we'll get a little follow up. Maybe I'll. Uh, put something out on Twitter and we can get, get a, an answer from Chris about that. Cause I'm, I do know Chris is, is a professional coach. This is Chris Fox Wallace that was on the show just now um, loves working with recreational players of all skill uh, levels. And um, he's, he knows everything about poker back to front. So if anyone's curious about working with Chris, I would probably say just reach out on Twitter at uh, Fox poker Fox. And uh, I would say that you'll be well taken care of there. So like Troy, Troy might be able to answer that question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good Troy point. is a student. Yeah. So Troy, uh, uh, well, I, well, I think we're going to be seeing a little more Troy around here anyways. We'll have plenty of opportunities <laughs> to uh, to pick Troy's brain about uh, things coming up, which I'm excited about as well. Uh, all right. Well, we got a few minutes before the tournament of champion starts. Uh, anything else that we want to get out to Rec Poker Nation? Rob? Twitter, Twitter poll. Okay. The last four books mm. are on a Twitter poll for our next book study after strategies for beating small stakes poker. So we've, we've got the mental game of poker by Jared Tendler, Mm -hmm. every hand revealed by Gus Hansen End game poker strategy by Dara O'Carney and kill everyone by Lee Nelson and a host of other people that get involved in that book. So that's what's on the Twitter poll right now. So go ahead and vote, get out there and vote. And uh, is that where can they can they look at Ratman Fifty or at Rec Poker and they'll find uh, that? Yes. Poll? Okay. I put it out there and I tagged uh, Rec Poker. All right, fantastic. And and people have a few more days to uh, to fill out that poll, and then we're just going to go with the poll. Um, whatever whatever the uh, whatever the uh, uh, people decide, that's what Rob is going to take on next. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thanks, folks. Yeah, we've got a planning session to get to and a tournament of champions to kick off. So I'm excited for that. 
I guess I'll just thank our wonderful sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Website Amp. And, of course, we got to thank uh, Chris Fox Wallace, Rob, John, and Chris Jones for joining me in the session here. And, oh, my God, Troy, Keith, uh, Joseph, Jim, everyone else, and all you, the listeners. Bye.